Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hello and welcome to Table Manners. I'm sorry that you can't have Jessie doing the intro as normal, but she's shoving food in her face because it's the best takeaway she's ever had. And she's not cooking and she's eating. And in a minute, she might even speak when she's swallowed the last mouthful of her delicious takeaway from Jaconi. I'm not going to do another mouthful. I do have three quarters of the meal left. However, I will be professional. That was not bad, Mum. Thank you so much. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Table Manners. God damn it. I mean, I've been in my pyjamas all day. My son was up all night. I was like, I can't do it. I can't move. I, I can't move. Mum brings over chicken soup. I thank you very much. I then order cake on Deliveroo. <laughs> anyway, I then Jaconi sent me this Zen box. What is Jaconi, darling? Jaconi is an amazing restaurant in Marylebone that Jay Rayner took me out to when I did his podcast, Out for Lunch. Oh, yeah. He took me there. He's been a big fan of Ravinda's cooking for years. She is so glamorous, so wonderful, and, like, does flavour like no one else. Anyway, she started... Just like you, darling. Hmm, not today. Anyway, she sent me... They're doing different boxes for different days. And I chose the Zen box because, you know, that's my middle name. And it's amazing. It's charred pak choy with sesame and crispy shallots. Silken tofu with black vinegar. Incredible. Crispy cauliflower, (coughs) caramel cauliflower and garlic rice. And it is insane. Mum, you heat it up. Everything's recyclable. And um, I'm trying to wolf it down. I'm so sorry that you can hear this. But I just want to say thank you to Ravinda because not only is her restaurant so wonderful and it's such a local kind of neighbourhood spot. I mean, for those people that live in Marylebone, those lucky people. And your chicken soup, the kids wolfed. Did they like the matzo balls? Of course they did, Mother. Mum, do you... I know that you're a grandma and a mother and a, a business yeah. partner to me. And, yeah. But do you want to be my personal chef to my children because they only eat your food? Yeah. I'm sick to death of it. Well, I love it. I love that they eat your food, but I'm sick to death. Did you take my meatballs? Did you give them that? We're spacing this shit out so that basically they have a Lenny meal every day. It's like their McDonald's. They have a Gaga meal and then like they'll eat it. (laughs) Anyway, so today we have the activist and model and brilliant Monroe Bergdorf coming on. She's had quite the week where she had a triumph with a long... Well, it was a, a dismissal by... 
she got fired by L'Oreal for speaking out about white privilege and racism and systematic racism. And now there has been um, some closure in that and some really positive change this week. And it just shows what happens when people come together and listen and protest and change can happen. So um, it's amazing what's happened this week for her i'm really interested to chat to her i've been uh, following her for a while on twitter and instagram and she's incredibly informative within the trans community lgbtq plus community and black community so she is a brilliant voice and um, i'm looking forward to chatting to her Mumro, thank you for doing this. I know it's been quite a busy week for you, babe. So it's been a bit of a week. Yeah, I'm doing good. You know, um, it seems every year that I have a scandal. <laughs> so um, I'm really happy that this one has been quite positive and it's been a nice resolve to a situation that's kind of followed me around for the past three years um and I don't think in this day and age we really see many resolutions or reconciliations it seems that you know we're very polarized in the in these days and you know everyone's getting cancelled on the internet people are just you know really fed up with how things are so it's nice to have a bit of good news and I'm glad to be part of it well, congrats. It's so well deserved. And just to kind of put in context, I guess, why don't you explain it? Because you'll explain it far better than me. Okay. So three years ago, I was let go, shall we say, from a beauty campaign, um, a makeup campaign by L'Oreal. And my job is, um, I'm an activist and I speak about um, certain um, topics that may seem controversial to some people. Some people may not have heard of certain things that I speak about and three years ago no one was really talking about white privilege we hadn't had that conversation um of course it it, within activist circles everybody was talking about it and um i i used my platform to speak about issues that i thought were was you know important so um yeah i spoke about it and um it was in response to the rally in charlottesville the white supremacist rally where they were holding tiki torches and a a woman was killed um, because they drove a car into her and um, my response to that was very emotional very angry very um, I've Mm. had enough of how this country and other western countries don't own up or speak about their legacy and of racism and it's still here today and we don't we're not acknowledging it Mm. and I I was just basically I I was pissed off <laughs> so I mm. I said it and um then the Daily Mail ran a story on me and basically called for me to be sacked I was sacked and there wasn't really any duty of care and basically I just you know got eaten alive by racist transphobes homophobes bigots sexists misogynists it's pretty much everybody yeah. Cut to three years in the future, I've established myself as an activist. I think people have a little bit more of an idea about what I, who I am as a person and what I stand for. And we're having all of these conversations with regards to race and gender identity that we weren't having three years ago. Um, 
and I'm really proud of my, I just want to like take a minute to say that I'm really proud of our communities. Um, even like, you know, cisgender women as well for having conversations such as Me Too um, and Time's Up and, you know, the transgender conversation that's come so far in the past three years. And now I feel like we're in the process of tying everything together and realizing that just because our journeys are different doesn't mean that they're any less valid than each other you know that we should be all be there for each other i should be fighting for cis women cis women should be fighting for trans women black people should be fighting for white people and vice versa um so we're getting there now and then three years in the future l'oreal posted a post on their instagram saying that they stand with black lives which would be amazing but they hadn't wrapped up or dealt with the situation with me so i was looking at it just like wait a minute what about me? <laughs> so I got mm, yeah. angry and basically um, you can find the post on um, my Instagram. I, I was angry. I was um, very frustrated because it, it plays into a narrative of black women, especially trans black women being ignored and being the exception um, from society. And you don't really need to deal with us because we're, you know, the 1%, um, the other 1%. <laughs> so um, yeah, I posted that and then all of my followers basically rallied behind me and w- held the brand accountable. The brand was amazing actually they took their time to get back to me but in that time they were putting together a plan to work with me so we had a conversation on the phone me and the brand president was she a new brand president she's a new brand president so the team that fired me is not the team that's here now right okay so that was really encouraging for me to hear obviously Mm. team members were there but like the people that fired me are no longer in control and yeah we we just had a very vulnerable conversation that um was more human to human and woman to woman rather than you know um talent to client or talent to brand and i was just saying you know when you employ an activist you essentially employ someone that is taking their trauma and trying to make something positive out of that so you've got to take into consideration everything that i've been through and that other people have been through that you employed. Um, so after speaking to the president L'Oreal, they actually asked me to come on board and consult for them in the UK Diversity and Inclusion Board, which is very exciting because wow. I get to, you know, be a voice for um, black people, trans people, queer people, and people that encompass all of those identities as well. And I don't think that enough people realize you know how underrepresented we are in the industry so it's exciting to be that voice in the room and take up a seat at the table so I'm very happy that it's come to a positive conclusion and also they gave a generous donation to your charity that you're a patron of they did they gave 25,000 euros to mermaids uh which is yeah, an amazing charity looking after trans kids and their and their families. They help um, trans kids acclimatize to um, their feelings or help kids that are going through a transition and their parents understand their kids. So help bring everybody together. And UK Black Pride, twenty five thousand euros to UK Black Pride, which amazing. is um, its annual Pride um, ceremony or. Um, 
event where um, it's it's not just for black people, it's for everybody, but it's celebrating um, people from culturally diverse backgrounds and um, different sexualities, different gender identities. It's just basically a safe space where everybody can have fun. There's amazing food, there's cookout stalls, there's live performances, um, there's debates, everything. So I think it's been a positive week. It's been... Um, a closing of a negative chapter and wrapping it up into something good. That's how I came across you. It was you being, was it the first transgender model that L'Oreal yeah. had used? Black transgender model. And so it was like this big celebration. I was the first trans model, yeah. Yeah, and it was it was colour matching, wasn't it? So they were doing all these different foundations. So Clara Ampho was in yeah. the campaign. You were in the campaign, Um all different women were in there with different color skin and actually Clara stepped back from the campaign when they struck you yeah. off because she didn't agree and she stood up and she, I mean we adore Clara she's wonderful Clara she's is kind fantastic. of I mean I, I feel like I'm learning so much from both I mean so many people out there but particularly you Clara your platforms have been so educational and informative and and important for people like me so thank you I want to know how has lockdown been for you and with all that is going on are you living on your own at the moment I'm on my own at the moment yes but so am I, I. so am I <laughs> it's lovely isn't it <laughs> kind of and kind of yeah I'm sick of it oh I need to hug someone well I've been I've been I was locked down with actually a mutual friend of ours Jesse um, Kate? Kate Morose oh amazing yes. So I was locked down with Kate and like they they're just the most amazing person like one of my best friends and so yeah it was lovely I was locked down with them and their um, girlfriend so for the first two months it was phenomenal and then it got to the point where <laughs> we were like maybe I should like you know move out because I found my my um my my tenancy came to an end right at the beginning <laughs> oh what your tenancy what at my Kate? no or my no, ten, my tenancy, uh, no right your actual yeah, tenancy before, yeah my actual tenancy came to an end just as lockdown was about to start so I was like um... how am I gonna find a place right now and Kate was yes. like you know what come and come and live with me so it's actually really lovely we had this little queer commune going on and we were there for each other we all had our bad day but we didn't have a bad day at the same time as anybody else so it was it was really 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 lovely and I don't think that it could have been a better lockdown to be honest so so okay you moved out of Kate's and then you found somewhere to live I yeah I'm living on the river at an undisclosed location <laughs> but um I love it it's beautiful it's um somewhere in East London and yeah I haven't lived in East London for about five years so um it's a nice change Mm. and I've got three adorable I got two puppies and one kitten three adorable little poo makers running around um I know so hold on how many dogs were in Kate's then it was four dogs no I got them just about three weeks ago oh a a covid puppy (sighs) Well, it's a COVID, it's a COVID puppies, but um, yeah, I I think I might be because um, they're having competitions of who can poo and then step in it and then tread it all around the house. So it's, it's. Are they, are they, what sort of puppies are they? They're very small. So combined, they make up a big puppy. So um, I've got, (laughs) I've got a Chinese crested, which is like a hairless dog. And I got a hairless cat. I know, I need to see these. uh, I need to see these dogs and cats. I'll send you pictures. They're gorgeous. And um, a miniature Yorkshire 
area. Are they all getting on well? They all get on like a house on fire. They do this thing where they all do like a three-way snog. Oh, wow. <laughs> Sounds fun. Mum, you should get involved. And you, you see it. You, you see it. And you're just like, this feels like I shouldn't be here. <laughs> like, I feel like, I feel like I'm that person in um, the situation that isn't having fun. <laughs> Are vets open yet? Vets are open, yeah. yeah. Oh, okay, fine. Dentists yeah. opened this week, didn't they, Mum? Yep. My poor mother-in-law lost her veneer <gasps> the first week of lockdown. She's, no. she's been kind of toothless like this, wouldn't do FaceTime do with you us. you know what, though? I, I, was, I had the fear as well because I got my teeth done in Turkey and I just thought, you know... <laughs> like the borders are shut so if my tooth go like bad or if one of them falls out then I'm just gonna have to be sat there with like toothless well one of my veneers came off and I had to oh I thought I was gonna kill myself I rang up 111 as an emergency (laughs) no you didn't (laughs) I did and I said my tooth has come off And they honestly, he virtually took my blood group, my size of my feet, who I was dating, and then said, we can't help you. Well, yeah, and I'm probably having a right laugh. What am I supposed to do? I I can't smile and speak. And the man said that I had to stick it in with temporary stuff, which was fine. And I did manage that. But none of the chemists everywhere had sold out of the temporary oh, no. stuff to right, stick it back on. Everyone's teeth were falling out. Everyone's teeth were falling out. Oh, man. And then I, I, a friend of a friend did it for me last week, put it back on. Connections, d- so dental happy. connections. They look flawless. So, so Munro, you, you're an Essex girl. I'm an Essex girl. You would never guess, though. No. Um, I grew up on the Hertfordshire side. Darling. Um, so I went to school, actually, with our mutual friend, Sam Smith. Um, Did you? I didn't in, know that. Not in the same school, but in the same area. Ah. So I think that they went to Bishop Stortford College and I went to Bishop Stortford High got School. Got it, got it, got it. So um, they're on the same road, pretty much. So yeah, I think Charlie XCX was in our town as well at that A time. A hub of so creatives ran- and activists. Random. Amazing. Yeah. Do you know what, actually, though? It's such a dead area. Like, there's literally nothing going on. And I think that it really just forces you, if you are creative or if you do want the world to change, then you've got a lot of time to think about it. So, um, yeah, I came from that area. Do you come from a big family? I don't. I have a brother. Uh, he lives in Canada. And he's he's super cool. He um, does marketing for a yoga firm, I believe. But, yeah, my parents are still together and... I'm very like both of them, but in different ways. Like my dad is very, very chilled out, but then explodes. He like bottles things up emotionally, then explodes. And my mum is uh, very, very feisty and goes for what she wants and won't listen to the word no. And so I've got both of them in inside of me in different aspects. What what did your dad and mum, did they work? Yeah, my dad is a carpenter, but he's retired. And my mum is also retired and she was the head of Europe for a banking PR firm. Oh, wow. I know. She was very businessy and my dad was very creative. So what was on the dinner table? Who was cooking dinner? What were you eating? What's a really memorable meal from your childhood? Very memorable meal from my childhood is chicken. Just chicken every single way. And I feel like from from like Jamaican chicken to Spanish chicken to roast chicken it was always very much the meal that would bring us together so you would know that one of my parents was in a good mood if they were cooking if they were cooking chicken so (laughs) 
<laughs> what did they cook when they were in a bad mood? Beans on toast. <laughs> oh my! <laughs> probably didn't mind it though, did you? You were probably like, Fine. I love beans on toast. Yeah, um, but yeah, it's it's very much like a meal that. I cook myself now if I miss my parents or if I miss um, home comforts. If I'm away, then Spanish chicken's my go-to and something very spicy. I think that spices have always been something that I've been raised with and make me feel a certain kind of way in fulfilled. And I don't know, there's a richness to spice, isn't there? It it just brings back a memory. And um, yeah, chicken Mm. and spices always bring back the good times so what's the spanish chicken what's in a spanish chicken so spanish chicken oh my god spanish chicken is paprika but also chili so it's a bit of a bastardized spanish chicken Mm. honey and tomatoes fresh vine tomatoes would you ever put chorizo in there i'm not a big chorizo girl you know me neither actually i love it do you eat by flavor or consistency oh I've got Monroe you may have just given us the question of the series that we may have to ask everybody really I've never ever thought about this it's true though all the great well on MasterChef they always say it gives it a crunch or um a different texture or yeah what's your go-to what's your go-to texture of it because I I'm much more of a texture person if something has a horrible texture but tastes nice I can't eat it it needs to have a bit of both, but I need a good texture. So, hon, so you're not a dal kind of, or a soup person then? No, I'm not a soup person. I can't eat soup. Oh, how strange. Interesting. Yeah. If if I have soup, then it needs to be a thick soup, like a custody soup. I can't have like a miso or something. Oh, that is like my <laughs> worst texture. One of those chunky vegetables literally look like vomit in my... Oh, I love that. And that's the kind of soup that you'd go for. <laughs> but I don't like pears because I don't like the texture. Okay, so maybe. They're kind of grainy, you know, earthy. I love a pear texture. Oh. You see, we are yin and yang tonight. Yeah. Funny. <laughs> I, no, I'm a flavour person. I'll do anything as long as it's got good flavour. That's my thing. I'm sticking with that. That is my final answer. Do you know what is absolutely incredible? Something called tahine. Tahine or tahini? Is it tahini or tahine? Is it spicy or? You put it on enchiladas and it's kind of like sweet but spicy. And it's, Ooh, I it's don't know like. About this. It's like a I'm salt. I'm Googling it now. It's like a salty kind of... Um, How do you spell it? T-A-G-I-N. You can put it on a watermelon and it tastes the most amazing thing I've ever tasted in my life. Uh, is it the stuff that you have with margaritas around the rim? It might be. No, that's salt, you don't. No, it's like spicy with a bit of lime. It's quite like... Oh, yeah, it might citrusy. be that. It might be that. Yeah, I bought that. I bought that. Was That was a lockdown uh, buy for me. Isn't it the most I incredible my... thing that you've ever tasted? It's excellent. Oh. It works very well on avocado on toast. Oh, okay. Can I tell you a recommendation for a watermelon that I found out on lockdown? If there is a yellow circle... Do you know this already? No. If there is no. a yellow circle on the um, skin, on the outside, it'll be like a little faded yellow circle on the skin. It means it's going to be a sweet one. Oh, because there's nothing more disappointing about getting a melon that doesn't taste of anything. Oh, Happy, and it just doesn't sad. taste. Agreed, agreed. So growing up, it was it your mum or your dad doing the cooking or was it a bit of both? It was mainly my mum. My mum did kind of you know the big meals my dad did the after school meals he was very much like a beige food guy 
Unless it was spaghetti bolognese or chili. He does a really good chili. Chili's also my go-to dish as well. I love doing like a, a chock-a-block chili, which isn't really a chili because it's got too many different vegetables in it that aren't traditional to chili. But I just think it's a great way for me to load up on my vitamins because if I, you know, I, I will just work and work and work and forget to eat or, and also I, I used to have anorexia. So sometimes when I'm stressed or go through a stressful situation, I perhaps don't eat as much as I should do. So um, yeah, it's a really, really good way of me loading up on all of my veg- all, all of my vegetables and vitamins. And yeah, I just find it really, really hearty. I just think it makes me feel really warm inside and reminds me of my dad and reminds me of my um, my mum as well when she cooks it. So I don't know. I always gravitate towards food that reminds me of my parents. I've never really thought about that before. Do you see them a lot now? I haven't seen my parents since just before lockdown. So I saw them just, oh my God, have I seen them this year? I saw my mum for her birthday in January and then that was the last time that I've seen them. Oh God, I'm going to cry. Don't, oh. you make me cry. <laughs> I cry very easily. I really miss them. I really miss them. Yeah, when she moved out, I, I she was living with me and I loved it because I had my grandchildren there. You didn't say you loved me. it oh. that much. You whined about me and my mess. I didn't love the mess. Yeah, your mess. Jesse's very messy. So am I. I'm awful. Creative. It's creative. Is it? Is it because you're creative? Yeah, create mess. (laughs) Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Were you an activist at school? I wasn't. You know what? I had the worst experience at school. I was the only black kid and I was the only out gay kid as well. I came out when I was 14. So I came out very, very early. There was no hiding it anyway, to be honest. Um, And yeah, I I just didn't really fit in. And I was bullied a lot. So I, in turn, was very hostile to other people because... I was scared of, you know, either being let down or that they would turn on me or that they would bully me. So I very much, you know, just kept everybody at arm's length. And there was a point where I was eating my food at lunchtime in the toilets because I had no friends to eat with. (laughs) 
So it wasn't a great experience, no. Did you leave school at six, as soon as you could at 16? I didn't, you know. I actually, I went all the way through to university. Um, I was Brighton. one of these. Yeah, I went to Brighton University and um, I love Brighton so much. Yeah, I didn't really apply myself in school and I really wish that I could have, but I just hated it. So I don't know, this is why I try to encourage kids to, you know, not just accept themselves, but to accept each other so that it translates and creates a more harmonious environment that kids can really apply themselves in school. Because there was no way that I was going to be able to, you know, get out of school without, um, oh my God, I keep on like (laughs) crying. There was no way that I was going to be able to apply myself with dealing with what I had to deal with at school especially you know I grew up during the time of section 28 so I wasn't allowed to tell the teachers that I was being homophobically bullied because they couldn't talk about it so um it was a very very difficult time yeah sorry explain to me section 20 I didn't I don't people were not allowed to talk about or teach anything to do with homosexuality in schools it was not yeah. allowed. It was illegal. This blows my mind. Yeah. It was really bad, yeah. Um, and then I got I got to sixth form and then I started applying myself more and I was able to leave there with three Bs. They must have known that you were being bullied. Oh, they all knew, but they couldn't say anything. They couldn't do anything because they couldn't reprimand the other um, students about uh, of for doing it because they couldn't actually acknowledge. Or try and educate them. Yeah, yeah and they, they couldn't say that homophobia is wrong because that is promoting homosexuality. Oh, my. So um, it, was, it was really horrendous, yeah. But this was in the noughties. This was in the noughties, yeah, early noughties. It, it implies that we were like in the kind of, the Victorian times or like this is it's it's mad yeah it's it's pretty nuts and you look at what was happening in a in a wider sense as well with you know who was in government in America and who was in government in the UK and the damage that's been done to the queer communities and how a lot of queer people are still dealing with that trauma of you know growing up underneath that legislation and how that's now intertwined in our behaviors and uh, our relationships and it's 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 a lot to deal with but I think that we're really in a period of time now where we're unpicking all of these different things and this is why I'm so behind Black Lives Matter because we're picking apart society and saying you know what having statues of slave masters isn't British it that doesn't need to be quintessentially British and I feel like a lot of people are saying that taking down those statues is erasing history but we need to understand that we live in a multicultural society and if we want equality then we need to push for a society that includes everybody so um, I'm really excited to live in this time really excited I, I want to know so um, you transitioned when you were 20 was it 24 so I started my transition when I was 24 but I knew that I wanted to transition when I was 18 so there was a period of time when I was in denial but also understanding that this was going to happen at some point but I wasn't ready until I was 24 or 23, I can't really remember. It was like a blurry period of time. Who did you talk to then? Um, Did you talk to, were you able to talk to your parents or your brother? You know what? Me and my parents haven't always had the relationship that we have now. 
Um, there was a period I didn't talk to my parents for about a year and a half. Actually, we fell out for a year and a half around the time that I told my mum that I was trans. I think because my mum is such a passionate stubborn stubborn woman I think that she just found it very hard to deal with the idea that she didn't know her own child it wasn't the fact that she was transphobic it wasn't the fact because she didn't take me coming out as gay well either I think it's the idea of um, not knowing something about the people that you love and um, I didn't, of course, understand that at the time. I just thought, oh my God, she's a bigot. I can't believe that. You know, all of these kind of horrible thoughts that you should never have. But my dad actually brought us back together and we had the worst relationship growing up. My dad is an old school Jamaican macho man and he wanted a lad as a son and he didn't get a son or a lad so it was very difficult for them to understand me I think and I I found it very difficult to understand myself so um yeah my dad actually brought us back together and I never saw that happening I never saw him accessing that vulnerable part of himself and that really came out of him um, on the other side of him having cancer because we fell out when he got cancer as well. So we, we've been through a lot as a family, actually, and it's really brought us closer. So um, I'm really, really thankful, actually, for adversity. I think it's been a real eye opener to the fact that, you know, nothing is really a bad situation because there's always a lesson to be learned from it or there's always something more positive on the other side of it it might be hard in that in the meantime but there's always something positive to come out of anything were you speaking to your mum when you were kind of as you said kind of getting fed to the wolves after um l'oreal yes Yes, you I were speaking was. to it must have been I mean look I it was hard enough watching you I mean you were so bloody calm and brilliant in front of Piers Morgan Thanks, on babe. you know good you know I've, I've seen you with him and I mean you're brilliant but I can just imagine as a um, as a mother it must have been quite hard for your mum right to yeah it, I think it was I I just told her at one point you need to start reading the news because I don't think up until that point my mum didn't realize that the news isn't necessarily always the news <laughs> it's you know every single newspaper has its own agenda so once I had educated my mom on how the media works because I studied media at university so that actually helped me a lot in understanding what was happening to me um so yeah I it took a long it took a long time for her to understand because my mom's white my dad's black so my mom hadn't my mom wasn't really privy to a lot of the conversations that I was having about white privilege um, because my mom's from a, work, a working class background. So she was like, where's my white privilege? And understandably. And then once I talked to her about, you know, imagine how hard your how much harder your life would be if you were black on top of being working class um, and having those kind of conversations. So again, it brought us closer. It was very much a crash course but uh we we got there and she's always been there for me um throughout this whole period of time we've had ups and downs but now she finds she finds articles that I'm in and sends them to me and says oh this is a great ride up isn't it <laughs> yeah I'm really proud that I get to make them proud I wanted to ask we ask everyone what their last supper or desert island meal would be You've got a starter, a main, a pudding, 
and a drink of choice. So I've got an obsession with octopuses. Oh. Yeah, alive octopuses. Sorry, I will get to a point. <laughs> um, but because they're so intelligent and they don't share Are DNA they? with anything. Yeah, they're, they're hyper intelligent beings. Don't ruin eating octopus I'm mix. Sorry, Hold on a minute. I'm sorry. Come on, tell me then. Come on, come on. So they're hyper intelligent beings and a lot of them can do things that, you know, not many other beings can do on this earth, like change color yeah. or shoot ink out of their bodies and stuff like that anyway. that's a good trick that shooting ink <laughs> yeah i know right um and they don't share dna with anything else on this planet so technically they are aliens really how do you know all this i'm obsessed with them i like Just big fan of octopus <laughs> <laughs> do you call them octopuses or do you call octopi. them octopi, octopi, octopi oh it's octopi. darling okay. i say octopuses because octopi just sounds a bit doesn't it you sound, you sound like a wanker don't you yeah, yeah i was gonna say that but your mum's present <laughs> um so yes i i feel guilty eating them but if it was my last meal if it was, if it was my last supper then that means that i couldn't eat any more and i don't eat them purposely because they're so intelligent so i would have an octopus as my last meal because it, so you do love the taste do you have calamari or octopus i would have octopus because calamari tastes different octopus is more meaty it's like much more but it's rich very and... rubbery no it's not only if it's cooked badly so where have you had really good octopus octopi where have you had good octopi yeah i think italy okay i think italy i've had good octopus in italy do you like your octopus stuffed <laughs> <laughs> no, that's, no, mum always gets an innuendo in there or something yeah i mean no, <laughs> no but that, that's what I've seen an octopus stuffed with stuff like in the middle. Rice and so stuff. So you take, yeah, you take really? the tentacle off and you stuff Ooh, it with yes, rice nice. and oh, we'll have tomato some of that. or something like that. We'll have some of that. Okay, so that's starter. And then you braise mm. it. You kind of braise it in wine. Nice. Barcelona, Barcelona. I've had good octopus in Barcelona as well. Yeah, because they do that as tapas, don't they? Yeah. Do you like seafood then? I do like seafood. I was actually going to say lobster for my main. Oh, see, I don't think I've ever had phenomenal lobster. I know I should love it, but I feel like it never gives me what I need apart from if it's in a lobster roll. So how would you have your lobster? So this is quite obscene, but I think as it's the end of my life, I would like to have a very old lobster. Like they live quite long, don't they? They can live like... Why would you want an old one for taste? Yeah, apparently the older they are, the more tasty they are. And I saw a documentary where they ate a 60-year-old lobster... And I just thought, oh, that that would be really, really mean. But if it's the end of my life and it's a very important meal, then we can share the end of days. <laughs> How do they know an ob- a lobster is 60? It must be the colour. I think of... it's the tail. The longer their tail, I think. So you I don't get know. more don't meat? Quote me on this. So you get more meat? I think you get more okay, meat. Okay, I'm they're in. Big, they're huge. I'm having a Prince Ribbit lobster, that's it. Jessica! Don't say that. You'll have your head chopped. Ninety nine years You'll be of put age in the tower. <laughs> anyway, carry on. They're absolutely beautiful. So yeah, I, I'd have a nice meaty lobster. Lovely. And like all of like the dipping sauces and stuff like that. So the longer you live, the bigger your tail. Yes. There you go. Yes. <laughs> There's a metaphor in that somewhere. <laughs> what's your What's your pudding? 
my pudding. Um, I'm a chocolate fiend, so it would be a platter. I would like a whole table full of different chocolates, from chocolate ice cream to chocolate fudge sundae. Actually, maybe like a really big chocolate sundae with all different kinds of chocolate in it. And... Multiple spoons for my friends. Oh, they're all there. They're all there. That's very sweet. You're going to be sick, Munro. It's okay. I'm going to die anyway. (laughs) Okay. Yeah, yeah, it's fine. What's your favourite drink? What's your drink? Do you drink wine or do you like cocktails? I don't drink wine. Um, I like a margarita. Mmm. Because it get tequila gets me so drunk so quickly, and I'm not the kind of person that likes to drink a lot. I don't drink really unless I'm going out or if it's a celebration. So you're not unlike everybody else in lockdown who's been looking at their watch at four o'clock, saying, "Is it a bit early for a glass of wine?" No, I don't. I barely drink. That's when you're reaching for the chocolate, right? Yes, it's when I'm reaching for the chocolate, or I drink a lot of tea. So um, I want to know, what was on the front of your lunchbox? Did you have a superhero? Probably the Spice Girls. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> I was obsessed with the Spice Girls. Like, Jerry Halliwell was my god. Jerry Halliwell and Mel B literally were my queens. I, like, stand the Spice Girls so hard in school. Have you got big hair? My hair is actually quite big. I won't take it out because it's wet. Yeah. But, like, it's down to here. So... You've got scary Spice hair. I do have scary spice. We've got oh, the same wow. kind of curl texture as well. I always just look to her because like, I don't think enough people actually give Mel B credit for what she did when there was no representation in pop for mixed race girls it's or true. black girls either, even in like the 90s. So like to be out there rocking natural hair and like, you know, in a mainstream pop outfit, it was just incredible. It was really, somebody put up on their Insta stories today a, a clip, and I'm sure you've seen it, but of the Spice Girls on, I think it's a Dutch TV show. And mm. all these people come in with blackface oh yeah and no i've seen that before you're kidding i mean this and, and mel b says this is the 90s you should have got some black people this is and he went oh no it's traditional and she's challenging them and like i can't imagine how horrendous that must have been also the fact that she was speaking up i can't imagine a black like, woman this, speaking up yeah. in the 90s she's probably like it, when she got surrounded by she probably got told off for saying that to be honest well, like yeah, i wonder but i mean it was it just it kind of blows your mind really does on your instagram today you have posted a few i'm sure this is a very small number of messages you get a lot when you speak out and i thought it was a really yeah. powerful post that you did the shit that you get sent is disgusting and it's wild and I'm I'm, it's wild it must be so exhausting for you it's exhausting but I want people to see it you know yeah I want people to understand the difference in approach from speaking out you know um we're, we're in a culture at the moment where in a moment in time where more and more people are using their voices but when women were speaking out with me too I don't think that society really understood that when a woman speaks out against sexual harassment or rape, she has actually more to lose than the man who's been accused of rape in a a lot of the time. So when a black person speaks out about racism, it's very, very different to when a white person speaks out about racism. It's almost like that black person will be attacked and the white person will be seen as a hero 
for speaking out about it. So um, I just want people to bear that in mind that everybody that is a person of color that's speaking out right now, there is a real cost and that cost can be on our mental health or it can be on our physical safety or it can be as we've seen with me in the past, you know, we can lose our jobs. So um, yeah, I'm, I'm proud that Um, I've got a platform that I can educate people and I just want people to think. I'm not, you know, trying to change people as people, you know, you can only lead a horse to water. But if I can provide case studies for people to understand their behaviour and where they fall within society and how they can be part of the change as well. Because um, I I saw something on the internet the other day and it said it's not black versus white, it's everybody versus racists. And I think that that is the most powerful thing that I've seen in the in this whole movement that we it's here to bring us all together I want to know where is the first place you're going to go and eat once old lockdown's finished where are you longing to be with your friends you know what I just from craving a Nando's (laughs) can't you can get that now, though, babe. I know, but I really just want to sit there. I want to sit there, but that that was that was that was <laughs> like that was like my my jokey one. But um, it sounds really really bougie. Come on, give it to me, Nobu. Not Nobu. Sexy fish. Hacker sound. Oh, God, you are retro, girl. I love their black cod. It's good. Their black cod is so good. I just go there for the black cod and the soft shell crab. It's fucking good. Their black cod is good. It's so good. But I'm sure Munro's got a little story about a crab now because she seems to know about everything under the sea. She's like Ariel. <laughs> You're fucking Ariel. I yeah. don't. I, I went. I went. No, I just went on a date to Hakkasan, and it was like the worst day ever. But the food was amazing. And if the food wasn't there, then I would have walked. But I stayed because he, I wasn't paying, and the food was great. <laughs> yes, girl. <laughs> Mamra, you you say you can't sing, but I'm very big fan of karaoke. And if you do, you like karaoke. I do, but I wouldn't recommend it for but, me. <laughs> but wait, no, you don't need to sing. But what would your song be? What do you um, think defines you? Oh, it's going to be. Go what do you on, think it's going to be? What do you think it's going to be? Well, it's going to be like an Aretha song or something. You think it's going to be an Aretha? Spice Girls. Oh, maybe. No, you're right. The Spice Girls. Okay. So my go-to for karaoke is either Missy Elliott. Oh, which one? Get your freak on. Good choice. <laughs> or um, Nicki Minaj, because I'm actually a really good Nicki Minaj impersonator in terms of... No, Sorry, Marinda, right. you know what the teaser's going to be now, even... babes. you got to fucking not do it. Doing Everyone it. knows you for being an activist and fighting the good fight. <laughs> Nobody knows your Nicki Minaj impression. You need to give it to us now. I'm sorry. I can't do it. I'm too shy, Jesse. I'm too shy. Performance anxiety. <laughs> how, did, how did you find out that you could do a Nicki Minaj impression? Well, um, alcohol and um, peer pressure. <laughs> Damn, we should have plied you with drinks. This is it. I'm now longing to know this impression. But yeah, we you you know normally we invite people over to one of our houses and we cook for them. Oh wow! And that's what we would have done for you. And I wish we had because you're so lovely. I'd love to. Oh, thank you. Really met you and been in person. Uh, Can I ask you? Have you got good table manners? 
I think so. My mum told me that manners cost nothing. And yes. um, I try to live myself, live my life by that. And, you know, how you treat people and how you make people feel. And um, no elbows on the table. And um, don't eat until the host is sat down and things like that. So I think so. And what's the table manner you, the, the bad tip manner that you hate in someone else? Oh, my God. I hate when people eat with their mouth open it's yeah. the worst thing ever especially if you cooked... did that happen on the date at Hakkasan babe um no actually he was I don't like material people materialistic materialistic people um I like nice things but I don't like people that think that they can buy you and he was just very much that kind of guy like, um, I've got so much money and, you know, you're lucky to be here. And I was like, mm, uh-uh. don't make me feel like this. So um, but I'll enjoy my black cod. I just, I was, well, I'm going to eat the food that you're buying, but you'll never see me again. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, no, I don't like people that eat with their mouth um, open. I think it's the visual as well as yeah. um, the sound. Um, yeah. It's just really off-putting for me. And also someone, people that like scrape their cutlery on their plate. Ooh. Oh, yeah. That's annoying. Yeah. I don't think anyone's done that one before. I quite, um, I, yeah. kind of, I understand what you mean. It annoys me, Jesse. What are you watching, actually? I want to know what you're watching in lockdown. Oh, my God. RuPaul's Drag Race All Stars. <gasps> oh, Love my God. RuPaul's Drag Race. Ugh, I'm obsessed. I'm such a big drag fan. I'm obsessed. I've always been obsessed. I was actually, I actually worked in drag at one point in my life. When? Did you? When? Once upon a time. Um, I worked at a um, club called Madame Jojo. That's yes. famous. It's very in famous. Soho. Yeah, in Soho. Um, so before I, well, is at the beginning of my transition, um, I worked in drag and it wasn't necessarily performing. It was just very much like kind of like club hosting and DJing. I DJed as well once upon a time. Um, <laughs> so um, that's my community. And I know I know quite a few of them in real life. And it just makes me really proud to see that drag has come into the mainstream and that people see it for what it is. And it's just fun. It's just empowering. And, you know, it's got nothing to do necessarily about gender. It's, it's more about expression and, you know, that we've all got masculine and feminine inside of us and anybody can do drag. Anybody can celebrate the different parts of themselves. So what was your drag name? My drag was, my drag name was Monroe Bergdorf and it just stuck and I just kind of carried it on. My real name is Eva. I wondered where you got the Monroe Bergdorf from. It's my drag name, but I just kind of kept it because it stuck. Why that though, particularly? Well, Monroe, two people in my friendship group had the same birth name as me. And I won't say what my birth name is because nobody needs to know. But (laughs) it was, um, I was the last to join the friendship group. And they were like, well, you need to change your name because you're the youngest. Um, So we changed it to Monroe because I had... You know, um, Mutia from the Sugar Babes. Um, I had the same piercing as her back in the day. Oh, like M- Marilyn Monroe's beauty spot. Yeah. So it was Monroe. And I was like, well, I don't want to be called Monroe. So let's change it to Monroe. And then I went to um, New York on holiday with my parents. And we walked past Bergdorf Goodman. I thought that. Yeah. I was and I was like, that. oh, that's a fancy shop. And I love the name Bergdorf. So why don't I just be Monroe wow. Bergdorf? And so it stuck. And it just became like 
I don't know, I just drew power from it. It it just, I don't know, whenever I was in drag, I just felt like I was my optimum self because I could just be as expressive as, as, expressive as I wanted it to be. Such um, a good name. And yeah, it's very gender neutral. It's not necessarily a draggy name, you know, it's not like a pun or anything. And it just kind of stuck. And Monroe just became my nickname. Um, my mum calls me Monroe every now and again if she's being playful and in a good mood. <laughs> but yeah, Eva is my personal name. Eva, this is Eva right now without makeup on and at home is very much like a Lady Gaga and Stephanie situation or a Pink and Alicia situation or Lana Del Rey and um, what's her name? What's her real name? Elizabeth. I think it's Elizabeth. Oh, it is. Yeah, everyone's got drag names, you know. Dr- everything's drag. It's just, you know, wherever. It's like your character, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, I don't know. I guess. Well, I'm Lenny, darling, and I'm really Helena. Oh, yeah, sorry. <laughs> sorry, yeah, that's your drag name. I've always had one. I've been there way before everyone. <laughs> You're a pioneer of the drag name, this star name. <laughs> yep. um, Mumro, you have been, well, a delight, and it's just, it's a pleasure to chat to you. I'm so inspired by you and your and your platform, and, and you, you. you educate me every day, and I... I I thank you for saying the things that maybe I don't feel that I can articulate well enough and and also, yeah, educating me day to day. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so glad that, you know, there's has been a, a positive ending to this L'Oreal story. I am too. And it's totally deserved and I... um please keep on fighting the good fight because you're so brilliant at it. You're such a positive person. I imagine that you make most things very positive out of I try everything to. that you experience. Yeah, I, I think you are to. a positive person. I think it's important. I think that, you know, so many people feel bogged down in the bad things that happen to them. And, you know, you can take that and turn it into something that you draw strength from. And, you know, I look back at the past three years and they've been really, really tough, but I feel really strong because of it. So thank you so much for having me. Well, you're gorgeous, absolutely gorgeous. Oh, thank you, as are you, my darling. I love Eva. Yes, so gentle, so sweet. I think it just shows how the media can portray one and also someone that speaks their mind and is infuriated and impassioned can... You know, you see her up against Piers Morgan. You see her coming, you know, challenging people every day and... She wouldn't bloody give me a Nicki Minaj impression because she was like, oh God, I can't do it. I I love Monroe. Yeah, very serene, very dignified. It's been such an exhausting week for her, I think. Well, years for her. I think I first came across the term white privilege through Monroe, speaking so openly um, about it three years ago. And as she said, when she was fed to the wolves, um, you know, and... And attacked left, right and centre for speaking her mind. And, you know, you see where we are now, three years on. And there's no bitterness there. There's no, like, I told you. There's, like, I'm so glad that we're moving forward. She's inspiring and excellent. And But that is a true activist, someone who makes a positive out of negatives and can move things forward. Because that's what her raison d'etre is, to move things forward and improve things. So you don't, that's why, like Nelson Mandela, you're not bitter. 
if you can make a difference and change things. So her whole raison d'etre is to promote change. And you think about her upbringing and her journey to get where she is now, and it hasn't been easy at all. And, you know, she's experienced bullying from such a young age, then she experiences it in this very public way. Um, Yet she never gives up. I'm just, yeah, inspired. Well, thank you, Mumro, for... A wonderful chat and thank you mum for telling everyone that your drag name is Lenny I want to know we need to get a surname Lenny Darling is that your is that your drag name I don't know answers on a postcard everyone email into table manners yeah. uh, we all needed we all need a drag and name. um I hope everyone is okay I have something that if I could ask the listeners of table manners I put it up on my Instagram my Jessie Ware Instagram and it's just if you could spare a minute to sign and share this petition for Noor Cash and Carry it's a family run food supplier that's facing eviction during the pandemic and they have some horrendous landlords that have decided to hike up the prices and they're getting pushed out they've been there for like over 20 years they are so important Um, they are Brixton they are Brixton South London, they serve so many communities, Caribbean, West African and Middle Eastern families really rely on this cash and curry, this brilliant shop to access like their food, heritage food. So I would just ask everyone to maybe read up on it if they want to or sign the petition. It's just unfair that this brilliant, important shop that has been part of Brixton's history and food culture before, long before all the gentrification was happening. Um, they've been there and they've served the community for so long. I'd just love everyone to maybe have a, a moment to read about it and sign the petition because it just seems absolutely disgusting that the, this shitbag landlord is hiking up the rents, especially during a bloody pandemic. So there's an Instagram called Save Noor and it's um, N-O-U-R. Or you can just find it on my Instagram or the Instagram save underscore nor. Mum's going to eat. I'm going to go and have another massive glass of wine. And I'm going to come and give you a hug now. So what, you're allowed to hug me? Yeah. Oh, mum, can't wait. Thank you, everyone, for listening. Oh, by the way, if you didn't know, I've got an album coming out quite soon, but you've probably heard it on all the adverts. Well, 26th of June. Yeah, it's changed. It's moved uh, back a week. It's 26th of June. What's your pleasure? Fabulous, darling. It is very good, I have to say. Imagine if all of you that listen to this bought my record. (laughs) I'd actually... My label wouldn't know what hit them. It would actually... I mean, it would be record-breaking for me. Um you don't have to buy it but you know what we do give you a free podcast every fucking week so just think about that how many hours of pleasure you have had via these dulcet tones of Lenny and Jessie Ware please can you just cough up I'll make you all the cake please buy it or just stream it loads just put it on repeat on Spotify do what you want right I'm going to bed The music you've heard on Table Manners is by Peter Duffy and Pete Fraser. Table Manners is produced by Alice Williams. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavourless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. 
Let's get this dinner party started. <laughs> 